Hey there, future fans! This week we have a lot of deja vu. This is the week of June 21st, 2019, and you are listening to episode 138 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show i I had started recording this episode without a clear title in mind for what i wanted the episode to be called i mean well that's kind of obvious isn't it it's kind of what a title is anyway as i was doing the intro i thought of the title deja vu because when you see the top three movies this week you'll notice they're quite familiar all for different reasons so i like to think this is a clever title so yay me pat myself on the back Well, some of you may be wondering, what's going on? What is the show? So let me tell you what this is. You are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. On the show, we do a few things. We start with a random intro, which is never planned and rarely works well. We go into the movie news, which is any news that has caught my eye since the last episode. We then go into the trailers, which just like the news any trailers that have caught my eye, and please realize that I am not perfect. I do miss stuff, and if I ever miss something that you think I should talk about, just let me know. So after the news and the trailers, we go into the movies, and that's broken up into two categories, the first of which is called the limited release section. All of these are movies that are getting a limited release and also didn't do enough to catch my attention. Doesn't mean they're bad, not necessarily, just the trailers didn't do enough for me. In the next section, it's the wide releases and interesting indies, which is exactly what it sounds like. So every wide release, no matter how good or bad I think it is, and any indie movies that caught my eye for good reasons. We wrap that all up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Well, you know, without further ado, Let us jump into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Wow, look at that, folks. It's only two minutes, 20 seconds into recording. That's pre-editing. And I'm already in the news. This may be a short episode. Who knows? First up, we have a misleading article from comicbookmovie.com. Zendaya is in London for an event for Spider-Man Far From Home, and she has shown her new red locks. Red hair, just like Mary Jane Watson from the comic books. And for the most part, people are loving it. Oh, so why did I call this article from comicbookmovie.com misleading? Well, because nowhere in this article is the picture of the hair. I had to look it up separately, and I think she did a good job. It, And I know that kind of sounds like a weird thing to say, but you've seen people who've done bad dye jobs, like pick the wrong color and it just stands out too much. It's like, what, what are you trying to do here? Will we see a red-headed Mary Jane in this movie at all, or was this just for publicity? Or maybe just fun? Who knows? In a new story from Flickering Myth, we now have a rumored rogues gallery for the Batman. That's the Matt Reeves Batman movie. We all already know that we have Robert Pattinson playing Batman, but now there is a full, rumored to be 
full cast of who the bad guys are. So we already knew that Penguin, Catwoman, and Riddler were on it. Added to this, supposedly, are Firefly, Two-Face, and the Mad Hatter. Mind you, all of this is just speculation. And with this many bad guys in it, and I'm just echoing something that flickering myth already said is that i don't think all of these bad guys are going to get a really shining moment in the spotlight i think it's going to be just maybe two or three of them with the other three maybe just the last three maybe firefly two-face and mad hatter getting a cameo but we now know that they're in the universe and they already have actors because out of that whole list if you're going to focus on anyone why not the penguin catwoman and the riddler they're they're some of the biggest Personally, I would still like to see people like Hush or Calendar Man added to that list. I think they would be amazing, especially Hush. Like, you know, we've seen, I like Two-Face a lot. We've seen Two-Face. So take Two-Face out of that list. Take the Penguin out. Take Riddler out. Maybe people we've seen already, take them out. Put Hush in. Put people we haven't seen in. I mean, at least they're not trying to redo Bane or the Joker. Because, I mean, we're getting that Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. But to me, that feels like an alternate reality story. Because I don't think The Killing Joke or any other comic that had a Joker origin is actually canon for the Batman story. I think officially, Batman still doesn't know where the Joker came from. Like, obviously the Red Hood gang, but beyond that, which one of the Red Hood gang was he? Where did he come from before that? I think it's still a mystery to him. Because in the New 52 Death of the Family story arc, Batman admits to not knowing. Uh, but anyway, what do you think? What do you think of that list of bad guys for this movie? And who would you like to see either added to it or instead and if you want to see someone added to it but someone else taken out who do you want to see taken out in this next story that comes from metro entertainment x-men dark phoenix has taken away an unsavory record that was previously held by batman v superman dawn of justice this record is the worst second week drop in ticket sales of any superhero movie dark phoenix opened to an estimated 14 million in the united states and dropped to 2.3 million its second week so it dropped 83.2 percent beating Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice from 2016 that had a 81% drop in its second week. It is still projected that Dark Phoenix will lose $100 million as it had a budget of $200 million, but also they're not taking into account the $350 million that was supposedly pumped into reshoots, marketing, and other production costs. So says this article from Metro. So if they're going to lose $100 million just on their basic budget, how much are they going to lose in total? That's insane. Our next story comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. Apparently, Boy George said that Sophie Turner would be the most interesting choice to play him in a biopic. And with Sophie Turner's recent string of losses, we have Dark Phoenix bombing and then the very much hated final season of Game of Thrones. And the fact that she's kind of bland as an actress, like I've said before, she needs to do a Kristen Stewart disappear in the indies for a while come back better with a better knowledge of who she is and what she can do because i think she can be good she just needs to learn what's in her wheelhouse and maybe this movie could be the start of it because guess what i don't think a boy george biopic would be a mainstream movie boy george and the culture club aren't exactly household names anymore so this could be good for her our next story comes to us from IndieWire and, well, just Twitter in general that I've seen this on a lot. There's been a lot of speculations about what that picture was that Marvel Comics tweeted of a four written in a spider's web. So this isn't a fourth Spider-Man movie since it's from Marvel Comics, not Marvel Studios. 
A lot of people are thinking that it could be the story that Sam Raimi wrote for Spider-Man 4, but never happened. But some sources are already saying that that is not what it is. In an article from Gizmodo, apparently we've learned, or that we believe, it's a countdown because another picture was tweeted of a three written out in a spider's web. Marvel Comics writer and editor C.B. Sabolsky has said that in a tweet, wait, so it's not a Spider-Man Fantastic Four crossover? You mean it's not a co comic adaptation of Spider-Man 4? I told you, you will not see this one coming. And all this started with a tweet of his from May 3rd, where he said the last comic to sell a million copies was Star Wars number one, which was almost five years ago. I feel it's about time we publish another title that sells over seven figures, and I think I have an idea. The picture of the three was sent out today, the day I'm recording this, June 17th. So maybe by the time this publishes, this episode publishes, we will know. If this episode is not in the bag yet, like completely edited and done, by the time we find out, I will add it in either at the end of this segment or at the very end of the episode. And so it's safe to assume if you don't hear me say what that news is, you will hear about it next week. This next story comes to us from IndieWire. More woes from the set of James Bond. Well, actually not new woes, just woes we already knew about. A recent picture has gone around of the James Bond star Daniel Craig working out, hitting the gym hard with a leg cast on. I truly think that they will not be able to send any amount of money his way to do a Bond 26. In this next story from Uproxx, Zachary Levi teases when the Shazam sequel will begin filming. Apparently, in a recent interview with the Associated Press, Zachary Levi let it slip that the script writing for the sequel has already begun, and he also expects to start filming either late spring or early summer next year, which means that Shazam 2 may see a 2021 release date. And to that, I say, yes, please. Shazam was amazing. I loved it. In fact, it may be one of my favorite DC movies, if not my favorite DC movie yet. In news that really doesn't matter, but I just thought it was interesting, we now know what the plans for an abandoned X-Men movie were, and it was going to revolve around Beast. Apparently, it's going to take place after Days of Future Past, but still in the past. In the 80s, it would feature characters like Professor X and Wolverine, and focus on Hank McCoy and him trying to maintain the Beast. The plan was that this would be the movie that they would introduce Mr. Sinister, Mr. F sinister to to show that he was manipulating everything behind the scenes and yes i will take that please i will take that please instead of x-men apocalypse and instead of dark phoenix i will take this movie instead so take both of those other movies strip them from the record book strip them from history remake this movie and even if this movie sucks at least we have just one x-men movie in current history instead of two but mr sinister is such an epic villain and you know, Apocalypse is such an epic villain that I think it will take Disney to do it right. And in this final article from Fansighted, we may know what the plot or the basic plot for Matt Reeves' Batman is, and that is Batman searching for a serial killer in Gotham. This would explain why there's so many bad guys listed that we may be seeing in the movie, as probably he will question just a couple of them, and a few of them will play a bigger role. This is another reason I think Hush should be in the movie, because Hush could be the killer. Hush would be a badass killer. Either way, I do have hope for this movie. I really do. And I cannot wait to see what Matt Reeves gives us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us go right into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Troll. All right, let's talk about some pretty big trailers that dropped, and one of them I missed from last week. 
But let's talk about the newest one that I caught, and that was the trailer for Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep is a movie based on a book by Stephen King that is the sequel to The Shining. And it was a pretty well-received book. So this isn't just someone in Hollywood trying to capitalize on all the Stephen King love and then King going, yeah, I'll take some more money. This is actually based on a book by Stephen King Though King didn't pen the script, but this is the same guy who wrote movies like Gerald's Game, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Hush, and the TV show The Haunting of a Hill House. He's a creator of it. His name is Mike Flanagan, so if anyone can do it, I think he can. Dr. Sleep stars Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, Jacob Tremblay, a kid we'll be talking about later today, and this follows now adult Dan Torrance, formerly Danny Torrance, and he meets a young girl with similar powers as his, and he tries to protect her from a cult known as the True Knot. This cult preys on children with powers in order to remain immortal. I'm excited for this, and I want to read both The Shining and Dr. Sleep. I haven't read them. Will I get to read them by November 8th when this comes out? Probably not. But I know I will see this as I love myself some Ewan McGregor, and you guys know that. All right, everyone. Next up, we have a trailer for Frozen 2. This is the one that I missed last week. It released when I was done recording and in the middle of editing. And I was just like, eh, nah. But don't get me wrong, I think this looks good. I am excited for this movie, especially after this trailer. But this trailer also makes me feel a few things. It makes me feel like they're setting this up for a trilogy. Because it just kind of has that feeling. So we know that the group goes on a journey north. Why are they going on a journey north? Who knows? But they're going to a journey north, and we know at some point Elsa's on her own, trapped on an island that she has to get off of, and she can't do it. Is there another person with powers she meets? Because when she's in the ocean, she sees that water horse come up to her. Like an actual horse made of water. I'm not talking about a (laughs) seahorse. You see horse floats up. What are you doing? No, that's more Disney proper, not Pixar. Well, we know they go on a journey. We know they get split up because we see a couple scenes with Anna and Olaf, a couple scenes with Anna and Sven. Some scenes with all of them, and then a couple scenes with with Elsa showing her powers and reminding us that she's OP as f***. With how quickly she could form ice and just instantaneously bring it out, I, I think she'd be able to beat Thanos. Well, technically. I-, I think she'd be able to do it, but she'd have to go in for the kill, which I'm not sure if, as a Pixar character, if she knows how to go in for the kill. I mean, the best example of anyone in Pixar knowing how to go for the kill was the creators of Up, am I right? Yeah, that that's sad. Anyway, this movie looks promising, but I just have this feeling that whatever they discover going to the lands to the north, we will see more of in movie three. I could be wrong. They could just 100% be doing a, a sequel and that's it. But since when has Disney ever let a cash cow teat go? Never. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a break. For you, this will be instantaneous. But as you can hear, my voice is starting to go. And to keep the vocal quality of this show up, I must rest for the night. I still have hopes of getting this out on Wednesday. I really do. We will see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. And as you can hear, my voice is a little better. And I just turned up the mic a bit. So let us move on with the trailers. The next new trailer that has hit since the last episode is a new trailer for Angel Has Fallen. This is the third movie in the Olympus Has Fallen series. So you know what? If you're a fan of these movies, this is good news for you because this movie looks like more of the same. It looks like another action thriller starring Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. What's not to love? 
And like I always say about movies like this, you already know if you want to see it or not. Maybe you've never seen these movies. They don't interest you. Maybe you saw the first one and hated it. Maybe you saw the first one, liked it, didn't like the second one. So now you're over it. Either way, easy peasy to figure out if you are going to watch this or not. Well, we know that already. What did the trailer show us? Well, the trailer showed us basically how the whole movie's going to go. While it didn't really spoil much, like who's behind this attack on the president, we do know the basic pattern of the movie. Gerard Butler's out with the president. Drones attack the president because we have to keep this modern. Gerard Butler and the president are the only two that survive, and he is blamed for this. He escapes custody. He goes on the run, finds his father. His father helps him fight back and helps him find the people behind this. Gerard Butler puts his life on the line to save the president. And does Gerard Butler survive? That we do not know. Because of the trailer, Angel has fallen. Fallen can mean two things. First is that the fact that he is suspected of trying to kill the president could be that fall. Or B, he's going to get killed protecting the president in the end. And that's how he falls. But ultimately, it will be found out, oh, he wasn't behind this. And he gets exonerated. But too bad he's dead. This also stars Jada Pinkett Smith, Piper Parabo, and Nick Nolte. Oh, and Danny Houston. And this is just a basic action thriller, just like the other ones. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that at all. So this movie looks fine. If you are into this series, check it out. It looks interesting. It's going to be a great movie for the theaters with all the explosions and whatnot. I just hope that at the end of this new trailer, that scene we see of the building falling, I hope that was just unfinished CG. Because for a movie with a cast like this, and especially the third movie in a not very popular, but at least well-accepted series, you would hope they would get better CG than that. But as we know, companies do put out movies with unfinished CG. But then again, not the end of the world if it is if it is the way it's going to be, because I don't think this is going to be CG heavy. Oh, and there are others in the cast that I didn't mention. Apparently, Lance Reddick is in it. Tim Blake Nelson is in it. And, um... Well, actually, that's just it. Well, there are more people, but out of the people you'd know, Lance Reddick, of course, from the John Wick series. How many of you saw John Wick 3? Oh my God, right? I did not see that coming. That is not how I thought it was all going to play out. Like, I want to talk to someone about this movie because I did see it with my friend AJ and we talked about it. But I kind of want someone else to bounce ideas off of because he and I have very similar tastes in movies. We have similar tastes in movies, TV shows, uh, politically, we're we're very similar. So maybe someone who's not so close to me, I'd like to bounce ideas off of just to go, just to see what other ideas there are about where the show movie's going to go. Is this going to be the end for, for the fallen series? You know, at this point in Hollywood, we just don't know if this movie does well, maybe not. But of course there are still people out there who are happy with just three movies, two movies, one movie, and even if it does really well, they're like, no, that that's the idea we had. We're not going to touch this anymore. I really think it boils down to who, who made it and how much of that person's vision is what made the movie great, or at least enjoyable. Like, if Disney never got James Gunn back for Guardians 3, I think they would have had a hell of a time. I think they would have done something good. I think it would have been an enjoyable movie overall, but it would have suffered horribly, no matter who you got. Some, even another director that, as nerds, we all love just as much. It's not the same vision. Does the Fallen series have that same sort of vision? So if the show, the movie runners walk off, who knows? Next up, we have a trailer that I, I watched accidentally. I didn't realize I clicked on this one and I I kept watching after after seeing who was in it. And this movie turns out to be the third movie in the Escape Plan series 
That was a series that started with a film back in 2013 starring Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Jim Cleviezel, 50 Cent, Vincent D'Onofrio, Vinnie Jones, a bunch of people. Well, as time has gone on, they've lost a, a fair amount of stars. Like with the second one, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in the second one. They added Dave Bautista. And now this one adds two Asians because when your action series is getting to that straight to VOD lifestyle, maybe you need to breathe a little more life into it. I'm actually very surprised that Dave Bautista is still in this because his stock has exploded. I think he's the biggest one in this movie. Sylvester Stallone, still a big player, but Dave Bautista, I think, is bigger than all of them. So maybe the filming schedule for him just fit perfectly somewhere and the money, he was like, yeah, okay, sure. But they added two Asians to this just so we can have some kung fu fighting in it. And you know what? This movie does look interesting. It looks fun. Straight to Blu-ray and DVD and video on demand uh, July 2nd. And there's some story behind it. I really don't give a shit. I just want to see Sylvester Stallone, Dave Bautista, and some Asians kick some ass. That, that's what I want to see. And you know what? I don't mind 50 Cent as an actor. And before anyone makes fun of me for how I'm saying his name, if you just remember that interview he did where he talked about how to say his name, he said, oh, how would you say 50 Cent's normally? Would you say 50 Cent's or how about 50 Cent's? But anyway, I, I don't mind him as an actor. I mean, he's not great, but he's much better than I thought he would be. Because let's face it, rappers turned actors have a real hit or miss when it comes to what they can do. DMX wasn't bad, but he had one character. He played DMX. Ludacris, really not bad. I wouldn't call him fantastic, but he can, he can act. Eminem is great as long as he's basically playing himself. Ice Cube, Ice-T, they've proven themselves. Machine Gun Kelly, eh. Diane Antwoord, eh. But if you liked the first Escape Room, and if you even saw the second, you, you know what, whether or not you've seen any of them, I don't think it matters for Escape Plan The Extractors. Just check this out if, if you happen to see it. It looks like a fun action movie. Next up is a film called Official Secrets, and this trailer just dropped too. This movie comes out August 23rd, and this is a, the true story, or, or based on the true story, of the British whistleblower who leaked information to the press about an illegal NSA spy operation designed to push the UN Security Council into sanctioning the 2003 invasion of Iraq. So depending on where you stand politically, I may have already lost some of you. Uh, some of you may be tired of hearing about like, oh, we were lied to and this and that. And, but I think at the basis, at the base of this movie is something very important. Is what this woman did, the fact that she leaked this information to the press, is it treason? Because you know I don't like making the show political, so I'm going to base this entirely off the movie. Entirely off the trailer. So she had information which she believes proved that all of this was a lie, all this was a hoax to get into this war. So if your country is doing something illegal and you tell the press so it can get out there so people can know that their country is doing something illegal, is that treason? And it also sparks a really interesting conversation about freedom of the press too. True, this takes place in the United Kingdom. They have different rules than us, different laws governing them, but there's still this basic idea of the, of the basic freedoms. So just to make this something everyone can appreciate, think of your favorite president from recent history or from your lifetime, or maybe that you read about in a history book, you thought, oh, that guy was badass. If that dude was doing something illegal and some government official ratted that person out, how would you feel? So this biographical thriller, I think looks pretty interesting and it has Keira Knightley, 
Ray Fiennes, Matthew Good, Matt Smith. And it looks worth a watch. The only problem I had with the trailer is that it showed a lot of pictures of Tony Blair and President Bush shaking hands and a couple of close-ups of President Bush. And I feel that that's cheap. I feel that's just a, oh, hey, remember this guy? We, we don't like him, right? Let's show him. Grr, we hate him. Yeah. For the love of God, George W. Bush left office in January 20th, 2009. F***ing get over it. If this movie was dealing with something from his cabinet, from his from American government, then okay, sure, I can get that. But this is something from the UK and you're showing pictures of him all over the place. It's like, Jesus Christ. And you wonder why Republicans generally look at Hollywood as this left-leaning entity. You wonder why. To be fair, this movie was from the UK, so not technically Hollywood. Okay, but that was an interesting little rant. Let's get off that and move on to the next one. Well, actually, that looks like it. The only other new trailers that dropped were for movies that are actually coming out this week, so I thought, why talk about it, since we're going to talk about those movies very soon. So that is it for the trailer trove. We already did the news, so you know the drill. If there's anything I missed that you think I should be talking about, let me know. Well, that means it is time for the first break, so let us pause for a bit just to hear a word from our friends from the somewhat nerdy radio podcast and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast, Someone to Read a Comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, everyone, we are back with the limited releases. Let us just jump right into it with two movies I've talked about already that are getting slightly bigger releases. The first one is called Being Frank. That's that one with Jim Gaffigan where he has two families and his kid finds out. And instead of telling his mother and being a good person, he blackmails his father. This is the one starring Jim Gaffigan, Logan Miller, Anna Gunn, and Samantha Mathis. And then Leto gets a slightly bigger release. This is that one I was telling you about. That's a Russian movie about a love triangle between musicians. So those, both movies I talked about before, getting slightly bigger releases. Still not huge releases, but just a little bigger. The first new movie of the week is called The Quiet One. This documentary is a behind-the-scenes look at the highs and lows of the life and career of Bill Wyman, former founding member of the Rolling Stones. Next up, we have a film called Nightmare Cinema. Five strangers converge at a haunted movie theater owned by The Projectionist. Once inside, they witness a series of movies that shows them their deepest fear over five tales. This stars Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler, Richard Chamberlain from Towering Inferno, Adam Godley from Breaking Bad, and Tangie Ambrose from Why Him. 
this movie almost actually made it into the wide releases and interesting indie sections because I think it does have promise. It is an anthology movie, has a collection of smaller movies in it, and I like those. And it it just has promise, but the trailer just fell a little short for me. And we actually only have one movie left in the limited releases section. That's a movie called Round of Your Life. 15-year-old Taylor Collins is a golf legacy. He's the son of a PGA veteran and the younger brother of a PGA rookie, but he doesn't put his heart to do his game so he gets cut from the school team. After his father has a terrible accident and slips into a coma, Taylor starts to try again and watches as he slowly gets better. But can his father do the same? This stars Alexandria DeBerry from Laser Team, Katie Leclerc from Switched at Birth, Catherine Williams from Friday Night Lights, and Richard T. Jones from Judging Amy. And I have to applaud this movie because this is a, a Christian-focused movie, but it doesn't look like absolute horse For me, it just didn't make it into the wide releases section just because it, it still doesn't look that great. But this looks like they remembered to not pander their message of of Christianity and everything because anyone who watches one of these super Christian movies already believes you don't have to pander that much. Make a movie and then just have this message in there. And I think this movie's going to do it. And something I actually did like about it too is that Taylor is making this change himself. He is the one doing it. He is the one changing. Not just saying, oh, let's leave everything in God's hands. We have no power. Like, no, no, you idiots. That's not how free will works. So even though I do applaud this movie on a couple a couple parts of it, it overall just doesn't look that great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the limited release section. Let's do a couple movies in the wide release section before we go into our next break. So let's start with one called Swinging Safari. A teenager comes of age in a small Australian town during the 1970s when a 200-ton blue whale gets washed up on the local beach and the neighborhood parents start to swing, all when he gets his new Super 8 camera. This stars Guy Pearce from L.A. Confidential, Kylie Minogue from Street Fighter, Rada Mitchell from Silent Hill, Julian McMahon from Nip Tuck, Charmed and Fantastic Four, I didn't know he's been in so much stuff, Asher Keaty from X-Men Origins Wolverine, and Jack Thompson from Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Alright folks, let's be honest. No matter how much you like to say don't judge a book by its cover, we all do. We do it. It's something that's inherent in a lot of us and i saw this poster i saw the the synopsis and i was like mm, no i think this is probably going to go in the limited section and i saw the trailer and it changed my mind i have to be honest i may never see this movie i may forget about this entirely the minute i post the show but this doesn't look bad at all this just looks like one of those weird comedies you know you have you have a bunch of friends who love movies and one day one of them goes hey have you ever seen this film and it's this movie you've never heard of, but you kind of enjoy it. That's what this movie is. Something to skip right now, but maybe watch a little later. Swinging Safari gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Burn Your Maps. Eight-year-old Wes decides that he's not American, but he's actually Mongolian. As his parents split, his mother decides to take him on a trip to Mongolia, and they both find more than they expected. This stars Vera Farmiga from The Departed, Jacob Tremblay from Wonder, Virginia Madsen from Sideways, and Martin Sokas from Into the Badlands. Into the Badlands, a show I just got into just to have them cancel it. I'm like, you motherfuckers. That's why I don't like getting into shows in their first season. I know it's counterintuitive because 
I bet you a lot of people think like this just because we're so used to having all of these companies cancel a show that maybe we grow, we've grown very fond of in the first one or two seasons. So you don't want to get invested in something, just have it taken away, something you'll never see the ending to. So you don't watch it and you wait till it has a couple seasons, but maybe by then it's too late like now. And don't worry, I'm not nearly as full of myself to think it was just me that did that to Into the Badlands. I don't think it. I know it. Anyway, this movie looks cute, and I'm half expecting a bunch of articles from some super offended social justice warriors going, oh, it's this is racist and cultural appropriation, but let's ignore anyone who may be a naysayer about this because this movie looks cute. This kid starts learning about Mongolia for a school project and thinks, oh, hey, I, I actually really like this. I am super into this. And it almost seems like it turns into a, a kind of racial or, or country-based answer to transgendered, where instead of this kid thinking he's the wrong gender, this kid thinks he is born in the wrong country. But the good thing is they could go into some really crazy, deep, and political places with this, but they don't. It just looks like it's this kid who falls in love with this way of life from reading about it. And the family's going through a whole bunch of crap. And the mother just goes, okay, let's go. Your sister's with her father. They'll be fine. Let's go. And it's about the adventures they have, the people they meet, and the fun they have. And I think this movie looks really entertaining. And guess what? Something to 100% skip in the theaters unless it you really think it's the best looking one this week. And even then, maybe just wait for home. I, I think this looks like a cute movie, really enjoyable, but something you could watch from the comfort of your own home. This movie has good people in it. Vera Farmiga, Jacob Tremblay, we know they do good work. Virginia Madsen, Martin Sokas, maybe not as much, but hey, they were, they've been good in what I've seen them in. And best of all, like I said, it looks like this takes a lighthearted approach to what easily could have been a very politically charged movie. So good for them in veering away from that. Burn Your Maps gets a 7.5 out of 11. Okay, one more movie, then we'll do the break, and then we'll get into the final four. So let's talk about the only documentary in the wide release section, and that's one called Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am. This is a look into the life of historic author Toni Morrison and her rise to the top of the literary world through the use of her powerful themes. So this woman is a very popular author, and not popular in the way that Tom Clancy, Brandon Sanderson, um, Dennis Lehane, people like that would be famous, but famous in the fact that she has written some books that have had a huge impact in the world. And she has even, I, I believe she's won a Nobel Prize. She did. She won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1933. So she's given us some great works. And I feel pretty safe in saying the worst thing she ever brought us was the fact that one of her books was turned into a movie by Oprah. That was called Beloved, and that was terrible. I saw that movie in theaters with my grandpa when I was a kid because he took me to see all the movies I wanted to, all the Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, everything like that, Surf Ninjas. When I was a kid, I convinced him to take me to see Candyman 2, Sins of the Flesh, in the theaters because I really wanted to see it. I was scared so bad that we left the theater, walked next door to the next theater over to finish watching Bye Bye Love with Paul Reiser. So he went to all these movies for me. So I went to movies with him that he wanted to see. And and I pretended to like it at the time because I wanted to seem smart. And then in my teen years, late teen years, early 20s, I wanted to be smug going, oh, I saw that movie. I am so much better than you. Okay, not really that drastic, but I was kind of an ass. And now looking back on it, I'm like, no, it's not really a not really good movie. So why did I go on that tangent? Some of you may know why. It's because this is a documentary. 
And I usually don't have much to say about those. Because let's be honest, you either care about Toni Morrison and her story, or you're just not interested in watching the movie. That's it. Hell, you can even be a huge fan of hers and just go like, nah, nah. I think this does look interesting, and I think it's worth a watch eventually. Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am, gets a 6 out of 11. All right, my future fans, let's go into our final break as we hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, yeah, the fuck did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up! How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that. Fucking jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. We're back with a movie called Wild Rose. A musician from Glasgow gets released from jail and rejoins her family and society. But she has bigger dreams. Dreams of becoming a country singer. But how will it affect her family and the child she just got back? This stars Jesse Buckley from Chernobyl and Julie Walters from the Harry Potter series. And this is the weirdest movie I've heard of in a long time. It's not like you just hear country western music in the UK anywhere. So she hunted down this music. Okay, not that it's that hard to find the music, but she finds it, goes out of her way to find it, loves it so much that she wants to become a singer in a country where it's arguably one of the least popular, least popular types of music. But guess what? I could be wrong. Maybe country western music is huge in the UK and I don't know any of my listeners from the UK Tell me, is it really popular? Am I totally misreading this movie? Well, this is just a retelling, a a new version of a story that we know already. We know this story of a person who has aspiring dreams of becoming famous for something. And will they risk losing their family in the process? Can they even become famous? Do they get both? Do they get none? Do they just get one and had to choose? Even though the basic premise is something we're very familiar with, Where this movie goes, no one knows. Because even after watching the trailer, I couldn't get a feeling for the movie and which path it was going to take. So in the end, what we have is a cute and tropey movie that doesn't look that bad. And hey, this is a bonus for you if you like that Scottish accent. Wild Rose gets a 6 out of 11. Alright folks, next up we have a movie called Anna. Anna is beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, she's a feared government assassin. This stars Sasha Luss from Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, Helen Mirren from The Queen, Luke Evans from Dracula Untold, and Killian Murphy from Inception. And you know how I named the episode Deja Vu? Well, I called it that because the next three movies are going to be very familiar. This one is very familiar because it just seems like all of those other movies, like um, Aeon Flux, like... Salt, even the more recent Ghost in the Shell, just this movie about this beautiful woman who's this badass assassin. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. This looks like a 
familiar but enjoyable movie. Looks like it has good action scenes. Looks like the acting is good. I'm not too familiar with Sasha Luss, but I do know the others. Helen Mirren, great. Luke Evans, great. Killian Murphy, great. And this also comes to us from writer-director Luke Besson, who has brought us such movies like The Fifth Element, Leon the Professional, Lucy, which is a movie I forgot to mention when I was talking about movies this reminds me of, La Femme Nikita, The Taken series, The Transporter series. Even this guy's worst movies are still okay. So that's another one of the things that makes this a reliable pick. And this kind of movie actually gets benefits from being watched in the theater because it may not be huge and flashy with a ton of CG, but there's just something about an action movie like this. Something about spy movies on the big screen that I really like. I have to be honest, I almost made this the pick of the week just so I can go, oh look, I didn't pick the big obvious choice for pick of the week, but I have to be honest. I mean, you guys know I love me some big budget Hollywood blockbusters and the, the big studio movies. And if you do judge me for it, you judge me silently, so thank you. But Anna does look good. It looks good, it looks familiar, but the good thing is it's a kind of familiar that the writer and director is familiar with. So I think that this is going to be a good movie to watch. But this looks best enjoyed at home, so guess what? Wait for it to come out and see if a streaming service gets it. If not, wait for the price to drop on Blu-ray and DVD and just buy it, because you'll save yourself some money if you just watch it twice. Or you bring some friends over to watch it. This looks good, it looks enjoyable, but not great or terribly memorable. Anna gets a 7.5 out of 11. And next up, the reason this next movie is familiar is because it's a remake. So that's where you will get your deja vu from this one. And that movie is called Child's Play. A mother gives her son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. This stars Gabriel Bateman from Lights Out, Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, Brian Tyree Henry from If Beale Street Could Talk, Tim Matheson from Heart of Dixie, and features the voice of Mark Hamill. And I actually just watched an interview with Mark Hamill about this movie, and he said the reason he picked the movie, the reason he even wanted to do it, was because of the director's take on Chucky. So it's now confirmed, unless Mark Hamill's putting up a huge smokescreen, is now confirmed that there is no serial killer's soul in the doll. Apparently, according to him, this is going to be a a highly technical doll that someone went into and removed all of the safety restrictions on it. And thus, that's why Chucky acts the way he does. So Mark Hamill agreed to this because he found it a fascinating take that it's not that Chucky knows he's doing evil and trying to be bad. He doesn't know what's good or bad and he's confused. Or at least that's how it's going to start off. So this is a familiar movie because guess what? It's a remake of the first one. They're just changing things up. And I think that's what's going to keep it fresh. I know the fact that we're not going to get a serial killer who's going to put his body into the doll through some black ritual. I know that uh, angered Roz a bit. And I know that angered a lot of friends. But we all knew they were going to remake this movie. We all knew it was going to happen. So what would you rather have? A straight up shot for shot remake or trying to do something different and interesting with an old idea? And I think it really depends on what the source material is. I think the more precious and more beloved we are of the source material, the less they should f*** with it. Unless they have a truly good idea. But with something like Child's Play, which we may love, a bunch of us love this series, but because it's corny and because it, it just reeks of that 80s slasher vibe. So because it's it wasn't endeared to us, but for some reason like Ghostbusters or Back to the Future was, because that reason, I think that it's okay that they tweak with it as much as they do. And I think that if it was ever going to be good, this is the adaptation that's going to be good. Because I think if they didn't change anything, it would just be boring. 
So I think this version of Child's Play we're getting is the best possible one. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. It's just the best possible version we could get. It still has an equal chance of being terrible, really good, or just somewhere in the middle where it's eh, not bad. I'm not sure if I want to risk my $10 on this movie. On the next one, yes I do. Child's Play gets a 7.5 out of 11. And the pick of the week, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. You know that the pick of the week is called Toy Story 4. Bonnie and family are on a road trip and her newest toy, Forky, goes missing. Woody goes after him and gets lost in the process, leaving Buzz and the gang left to bring them back home to their kid. This features the voices of Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, and the rest of this cast in no particular order. Keanu Reeves, Christina Hendricks, Jordan Peele, Keegan-Michael Key, Patricia Arquette, Annie Potts, Jay Hernandez, Mel Brooks, Kristen Schaal, Betty White, Timothy Dalton, Joan Cusack, Wallace Shaw, Tony Hale, Laurie Metcalf, John Ratzenberger, Bonnie Hunt, Carl Weathers, Lori Allen, Carl Reiner, Carol Burnett, Estelle Harris, June Squibb, Flea, and also featuring the voice of the late Don Rickles, Mr. Sunshine himself, used from archived sound. You know, I'm not going to talk long about this movie. You know, it's Toy Story. It, it, Toy Story is what helped put Pixar on the map. This is probably their best series. It's a solid series that we all thought they were done with, but no, they decided to do a four. And while that upset some people initially, I think these trailers, I think the more we're learning about it is changing people's minds. I know it's changed mine and I'm still torn on what I want. You, you may remember what I said that either this is going to be just a standalone. It's going to be four and that's it. Or we're going to get a new trilogy. But instead of Andy's trilogy, which the first three were, it's going to be Bonnie's trilogy, which if they do a Bonnie trilogy, I hope it doesn't end the same way. Not because I am against crying but because we've seen it before. Either that or they will go super dark, super dark and have one of the toys break. But no matter which way they go with this, I, I think this looks good. I think this is a good story that they can bring to us after they have that wonderful completed trilogy of the first three movies. They have that wonderful completed story. I think this is something that they can bring to the table to show us that would make us go, okay, we'll watch it. But it's Pixar. Pixar's worst movie is still pretty entertaining at least. Their worst rated series is the Cars series. And those movies are still entertaining. They're still interesting. A bad Pixar movie from any other studio would be looked at as, oh, that was okay. So I said I wasn't going to talk long about this and I won't. Toy Story 4. You know if you're going to watch it or not. You know if you're even remotely interested in it or not. You probably even know how you're going to see it. If you just plan on buying it when it comes out, like me, uh, well, that's what I'll probably do. You probably know that. With this movie, you have already probably planned out what you're going to do. I'm just here to remind you it's coming out, talk to you about that, or just tell you that amazing vocal cast, and tell you my score, that Toy Story 4 gets a 9.5 out of 11. All right, my future fans, that is it. Let us talk about the question of the week now. I am now certain that this is going to be a Thursday episode, but hey, better Thursday than Friday, right? So I'm going to tweet out my reminder tomorrow, and when I edit Wednesday night, I'll just add any new answers in then. So right now, let us check SoundCloud and see if we have anything. Nothing on SoundCloud, so let us turn to Twitter, see if we got any answers there. And we got one answer on twitter from brian q who says change time bandits to a procedural crime drama 
Time Bandits, of course, is the movie from 1981 starring, and I knew it had Sean Connery, but I forgot John John Cleese, Shelley Duvall, about a young boy who accidentally joins a band of time-traveling dwarves as they jump from era to era looking for treasure to steal. And that would actually be really, really cool. I, I like that idea. This a Terry, a Terry Gilliam movie, just like Brazil. So thank you, Brian Q, for that. And I do believe Anne had an answer, but she's still in, U- in the UK. She's flying over tomorrow. So the day this posts, we will be reunited. Yay. And so she's asleep right now, and I don't want to message her just in case it wakes her. So I'll just tell you my answer. My answer is I would like to see the Conjuring series, but as a campy horror comedy. Think like Scooby-Doo level stuff. Somehow the Warrens save the day, even though they are pretty inept. Or another idea I had would be for the movie Heat, but as a fantasy movie. Kind of like how they did Bright. So that kind of feel to it, I think it would be badass. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the show. Let me think of our next question. Let me see. Okay, here's something cute. They make a Toy Story 5. You get to pick your favorite toy from your childhood to join the cast. What toy is it and who will voice it? Let me say that one more time. Toy Story 5 is being made and you get to add one toy to the cast. You pick your favorite toy from your childhood or one of your favorite toys and you also get to pick who does the voice acting. Well, that is it for episode 138, Deja View. So you can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the somewhat nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. It doesn't take too long, and I would love five stars, please. And then share the podcast with your friends. Tell them, hey, I know this great podcast and help my podcast grow, help this network grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy website. Be sure to check out the other podcasts in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. That is Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast. They just started their zombie game. I was supposed to have a a promo this episode for We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, but I I didn't get it from Lisa in time. So next episode, we will have it, but be sure to check out their show. I really like it. It's entertaining. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.